NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield, mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, Ignorance is bliss, so we never trip. If the pitching's up the pod, and watch out for the kids. EVT is out here broadcasting. EVT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EVT podcast. Padres EVT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me as usual is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? Uh, trying to recover from another tough loss, James. How about you? Yeah, I think we're all licking our wounds after that uh, Brewers series. Um, Padres realistically could have won three out of the four. Um, yeah, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to put your finger on 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 what exactly it is. I mean, obviously the defense and, and the bullpen are, are are an issue, but it's sad to see that this team's not progressing in the right direction. Yeah, I think on a team level, it's not it's not really working. I mean, you have some guys that are clicking, and like it seems like they can't have every guy clicking at once. So like, if Renfro's playing well, Myers isn't playing well, or if Margot's playing well, the pitching staff isn't doing well. So it's it's kind of hit and miss. And I think I, I, on an individual level, all the guys are developing. And I think that's some a, a good storyline yeah. there. But but yeah, as a team, it just really isn't clicking yet. So we're gonna have to wait and see. No, I mean it. It is what it is. We expected a long season. It's just, uh, it's just sad that you see the team play with uh, such passion and, and performing well, and then kind of just go back to regress, I guess, if you will, and, and play the way um, they have been the past uh, week or so. It, you know, it's, it's going to be a long season. We need to stay positive and, and think about things like Margot and uh, Renfro getting better, and, and it, you know, it's about the future and uh, getting this team in the right, the right direction, and, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, I think we can't we can't say that enough that it's all about the future, and I know that's hard to talk about sometimes because it's yeah. it's so uh, foreign and distant. But it's really all we have to hang our hat on right now. Yeah, seriously, it's going to be the Padres Future EVT podcast soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll change the gonna... name. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it and you know, adding uh, adding more injuries. Uh, Trevor Cahill uh, went down, which has arguably been uh, pitching like the Padres ace uh, the past month. Uh, you know, I. I I saw something in his shoulder that started. I know uh, Mark Grant and uh, um, I believe Mark Sweeney had said something when he was pitching. It's just sad seeing. It just it goes back to why can't we have nice things as being a Padre fan? You know, right, right as soon as someone like Cahill looks like he's going to begin to establish some trade value, he goes down with a sore shoulder, and that's going to diminish that value. You got to think at, at some point. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely a cause for concern, but uh, everything I've heard is that it's minor and they don't think it's anything serious, which obviously take with a grain of salt because you know how the Padres are with minor injuries. Yeah. Um, but but as it stands, he's only really slated to miss one start because uh, they put him on the DL retroactively. Um, mm-hmm. So he could theoretically uh, make his next turn. They could be next, uh, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. So we'll have to wait and see how he progresses. Uh, if not, I'm sure Cozart will... Um, jump right in again, and I guess that's a good segue. I mean, Jared Cozart yeah, no, didn't look perform gra- well today. Didn't I mean, look great, but I mean, he got the job done. Five innings, no, only threw about seventy pitches. I'm sure they weren't going to have him throw a hundred pitches out there because he's not really stretched out totally. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he he looked good enough. I mean, 
he is what he is. He's not going to be uh, an ace. He's not going to be a top of the rotation arm, but he's a guy that could sit in the back of a rotation and at least be decent if he can have performances like that. I mean, I know his controls and command are usually issues. Um, he had a little bit of issues with command today, but uh, he didn't walk as many batters, so that's something in the right direction for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, tweeting during the game, I think he throws way too many fastballs, but that's a, another separate issue. Um, but yeah, I think he was good enough today. Got the job done. He put him. He put his position. Uh, can't talk. He put his team in a position <laughs> to win, but I mean that didn't happen. But oh well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, uh, Quackabush came in there and, and kind of threw a little bit of a little bit of gasoline on the fire. Um, it's it's just a, it's just a. I, I think at this point the the pitch, starting pitching staff and their their inability to go deep in games is starting to affect the bullpen uh, slowly and surely right now, and I think. Uh, you know the Padres had a, a stretch of like 20 games in a row in in in, in uh, 22 in 21 days or something like that. So it's 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 hard to see you know the bullpen fall apart like this. I mean, collectively, Maurer, Buchter, um, Quackenbush to a certain extent have all performed underperformed in, in the past week or so. But I think more it has to do more along the along the line that they're just gassed at this point. Yeah, I think uh, it's definitely taking a toll on the bullpen that there's guys like Cozart and uh, obviously Weaver who aren't really getting out of the fifth inning so mm-hmm. or even, even to the sixth inning. So it's it's definitely going to be taxing on the bullpen long term, and it's it's not really a sustainable thing. I mean, they might have to start shuffling guys up and down the minors just to get guys rest. I mean, that's something they can yeah. do with Quackenbush. Obviously, they've made it pretty clear that he's going to be that kind of guy who's just going to go back and forth as the year progresses. I think he's already gone back and forth, what, like 12 or 13 times, I think? Yeah, really. I don't yeah, every, time, to... every time there's an injury, he's the he's the first guy on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's racking up those frequent flyer miles. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel bad for the guy, but, I mean, it is what it is. So. Yeah, and, you know, Carter, Krap, Carter Caps is, is progressing slowly uh, in, in the minors. I don't think that the team wants to necessarily rush him at this point, coming off of the Tommy John surgery. Um you know, it's tough at this point to, to kind of rush someone that's has the funky delivery on top of the arm issues. But um, what do you think about Carter Caps, and what do you uh, what do you feel the Padres will eventually uh, bring him up to the major league uh, the major league roster? Yeah, from what I've heard, um, he obviously stopped pitching in games. They sent him back to Peoria to do some some bullpen work, some some work on the side. I think the plan was to have him pitching games again soon i'm not sure if that's an el paso or maybe a lower level but mm-hmm. i knew they were going to definitely take it slow with him once they activated him so i think it probably would still be at least a couple weeks before he's major league ready i mean his velocity was down in his start or in his appearances uh with both lake elsinore and el paso um the command wasn't there at all the control wasn't there at all so it's it's going to be a, probably a slow process still, but I think mm-hmm. long term this is a, still a very very valuable player either on the roster or on someone else's roster. So yeah, yeah, it's going to, it's yeah, going to be yeah. interesting to watch play out as the season progresses. But they need to get him out there soon if he's going to be a trade chip. Although he's still under control, so it's not really a rush. Seriously, seriously, you know, and I, Brad Hand has just been out there. It seems like every single game. I, I, I mean, more power to him if he's able to do it. But it's at, at what point is uh, the constant usage going to be detrimental to the team and, and to his value? Uh, you know, eventually. Yeah, in his last few appearances, he's kind of looked a little off. He hasn't been as dominant. 
Um, mm-hmm. I actually just checked in. He's he's thrown the fifth most innings of any relief pitcher. I think he's at 24.1. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's something that's not really sustainable. I mean, he's on pace for probably about 70 or 80 innings at this point. So <laughs> that's not really something you want to do to a guy like that, especially if he's going to be – Let's be realistic. He's probably the number one trade chip for the Potters at this point. I know it's hard to talk about which guys are trade chips, but uh, Sands any Will Myers magical trade, which no one wants. Uh, Brad Hand is that guy. So they might need to start taking a little easy on him. I mean, obviously every chance he gets out there, he gets he gets more attention. He can build that value, but eventually he's going to get overworked and he's not going to keep performing at such a high level. So they need to, I think, be more careful and cautious with um, him going forward. Yeah, and what what exactly do you think his trade value is right now? I mean, obviously he's not Andrew Miller. Um, I wouldn't expect that type of uh, return from him. But what kind of value do you think he has? He, he's not due for free agency until 2019 or 20, I believe. So he's he's got some years of controllability under his belt. Um, you know, what, what could the Padres uh, realistically expect for him? Um, well, yeah, obviously he's not going to be an Andrew Miller type haul, although. Mm-hmm. With how much the Yankees got for Andrew Miller, I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, that still leaves a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah, um, yeah. I believe, um, look, checking into it right now, I think Andrew Miller was under control for, I think, through the 2018 season. So he had two and a half years of control when the Indians acquired him. Mm-hmm. Um, as for Hand, like you said, I think he's not eligible. Yeah, he's not eligible for free season until 2020. Okay. So he's got this year and then two more years of control. So it would be about the same two and a half years. So yeah, if you compare yeah. Miller at two and a half years, obviously more track record. Brad had Brad Hand was really nothing special until he came to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a waiver claim from the Marlins, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, definitely. And, and last April, which is another example of, of AJ Preller and his scouting and, and the fact that they can pull these guys out of nowhere. It's uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I've heard a lot of flack given to, to AJ Preller about, He's obviously good at, at getting guys in the farm system, but he hasn't really proven it at the big league level yet in terms of getting talent. But I kind of disagree because he's he's picked Brad Hand out of out of yeah. seemingly nowhere. Book, book, there's another one. Yeah, Ryan Book, there's another one. Yeah. These, these Rule Five guys who, I mean, I guess yes. that's sort of minor league scouting, but that's still these no, are guys I mean the, playing in the major league. So definitely, I mean the the progression of Alan Cordova is is, is just it's eye opening. I mean that mm-hmm. he. I mean, it's amazing that he was only in single A last season. I mean, the the kid just has something about him where he's going to be a decent major league player at the very least, and it's exciting to see that they they could find someone like that out, out of out of literally thousands of players that they could look at. Yeah, it's really out of thin air. He just kind of materialized. Um, yeah, yeah. Back to back to Brad Hand's, I guess, possible value. I think I think he's a guy you could get two or three prospects for. Um, it really depends on. If you want to kind of shoot big, you might be able to get a, a bigger prospect for him, um, or or maybe several smaller value ones. I don't, yeah, I don't think mm. he's going to return kind of what the Indians gave up to get him from the Yankees. Um, but yeah, I think he he could, he could be worth a top hundred uh, uh, guy in, in someone's system, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's exciting, and, and we'll just have to see what AJ go, what what avenue AJ goes and and whether he explores the possibility of trading hand at this point you know he's still under control like we said for a while so it's not a necessity there's there's no need to deal him mm-hmm. um i think if he gets a fair offer and gets the price tag that he wants that it's definitely a possibility yeah i think i think i agree it's just 
if they can get a good deal for him, you got to pull the trigger. But there's no reason to do it just to do it. Yeah, definitely, and that's that's a good thing. It's it's uh, it's nice to be in that boat where we can actually make deals to improve ourselves rather than out of necessity. Like you have to move a player because he's going to become a free agent, or you have someone else ready to take his spot, and and, and that's another way to assure that they're going to get top value for him. That they're just not they're not they're not just giving him away. Someone's going to have to pay the price, and there's more than likely going to be a couple suitors for him. Yeah, I think definitely he's the guy that's going to drum up some interest. I mean. I've already heard reports that the Nationals are interested in him, considering their bullpen is is a dumpster fire, to yeah, say the least. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. not he's not the closer they're looking for. He's not he's not going to slide into that sort of role. But no, he, no. But as a long reliever, a guy that can t- give you two innings, kind of. I, I hate to compare him to Andrew Miller again, but that's yeah. kind of what he's providing at this point—that multi-inning type reliever. Definitely, um, it, it, you know, I think the comparison to him is is more in the fact that he can get left-handers and right-handers out effectively, and he's not yeah, yeah. solely just a left-handed specialist who can come out and and isolate left-handed power hitters. I mean, he can go an inning, two innings, and and like I say, handle right-handers just as easily. So, it's a uh, it's you know, I, I'd hate to see him leave, but at this point, it's about the future and building and bringing in the right pieces. And if he's a trade chip in order to do that, then, you know, AJ Pro has got to do what he's got to do. Yeah. I mean, he's not a loogie. He's a guy that can, like you said, get any sort of hitter out. So definitely very, very valuable. Exactly. You know, let's talk a little bit about Hunter Renfro, who's just kind of figured it out over the past week and a half. I, I don't know what it is. Um, the, he's just become so much more patient at the plate and it's, it's, it's really paying off. It's paying dividends. I mean, he hit his uh, was that his eighth home run today. Yeah, I think it was his I believe, yeah eighth. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 nice to see him progress at the plate. Uh, the defense is another thing that we need to discuss. Um, let's talk a little bit about Renfro and uh, the enigma that 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 he is, because you know I think a lot of fans expected him to be a perennial All Star MVP type candidate um, with his track record, but I think we're seeing a more of a reality of who he is as a player right now. Yeah, going into that uh, series with the Rangers last uh, week, he had four walks uh, on the season, which obviously isn't good. Um, I think his walk rate was hovering around two or three. Um, but in the last week, he's walked, let's see, four, six, seven, eight times, including wow. twice in the game against Texas. Um, he walked in every game against Chicago. He walked in, I think, two of the four against Milwaukee. I don't, I don't think he walked today. Unless I'm forgetting. Um, so, yeah, he's walked eight times in the last week. So he's got his walk rate up to, I think, around 7%. So wow. that's something he can sustain. He, he's showing a much better eye at the plate. I mentioned in his first plate appearance today, he was looking really good. Wasn't swinging it. He, he worked a 3-0 count, which yeah. I know we talked about that. He's, he's a guy that was getting behind in counts and is not in hitter's counts. And then today he went and got in a 3-0 count, and then he ended up hitting home run. So if he yeah. can work himself into those hitter's counts, then that, that's just going to benefit him, and he's going to be able to – to put better at bats for it. Now the problem for him is his defense has not improved at the same level as offense has. And right now he's, if not for Chris Davis uh, uh, in Oakland, he would be the worst defender in the outfield in all of baseball. And arguably he's one of the worst defenders at any position in all of baseball. So not sure what you can really do there. I mean, the arm is there. He's, he's young. He's got, he's got enough speed. It's just his routes seem off. Um, He's not making good decisions out there. Um, I, I don't really know what they're going to do going forward with him to improve the defense because even if he starts hitting home runs every night and providing a bunch of offensive value, he's just Matt Kemp 2.0 if he's going to yeah. play like that in right field. And 
I know people hate to hear that comparison, but that's kind of what it is at this point. No, that, that's that's a, that's the sad reality that he is playing uh, under that that type of he's just playing with that type of ability right now, and, and it's it's a shame to see a young player like that um, not be able to figure it out. You know, I, I have confidence that he's he's young; he can get more reps in the outfield. He can take um, you know. Tony Gwynn came into the league as as an under-average outfielder and worked his way into a gold-glove caliber outfielder. Obviously, they're, they're two different people, and it's about work ethic and, and what he wishes to accomplish, but I have confidence that he can work and get better at the craft. It, it's something that he obviously needs to improve in, though. His tracking the ball and, and angles on the ball are, are horrendous at, at, this, at this point right now, and he can't make up for it in, with his arm strength at the major league level. Players are going to take advantage of that, and we've seen it. The other day, he let a ball uh, get behind him um, late in the game, uh, You know, a ball in between him and Spangenberg in short right field, and a veteran major league player has to know what the situation is and has to take an account of what the what is going on and cannot be caught in in making bonehead plays like that and and all around the field we've seen that from this team right now and it's 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 Andy Green is pulling out his hair at this point right now I'm sure he's he's really frustrated because he expected this team to be defensively sound and at this point they're not playing sound at all yeah I think that's definitely a, a big issue um, but going into this season it was. I had the idea, I had the impression that Margot was going to be, um, I guess, more polished, if you want to say that. He's he's going to – I think he was going to adapt better to the big league level. And I, as, I, as I tweeted, I think I tweeted it last week, that Renfro's going to be a project. He's not going to be a guy that's going to just come up and, and take the world by storm. I know he had a big uh, end of the, la- the season last year in his little trip to San Diego, hit a bunch of home runs, kind of mm-hmm. got everyone excited. But this is a guy who's he's going to be a work in progress, and I think it's going to be – probably a few years before he really puts it together and becomes um a solid player he's got yeah. a lot of he's got a no, lot there's more... there's there's definitely some shine that needs to be applied to to his finish for sure I yeah mean... he's got a lot more kinks to work out than a guy like margot i mean margot's really had nothing wrong with him i mean good defense good speed uh good bat mm-hmm. the only real issue with margot is is he going to hit 300 or is he going to hit 280 um yeah. so renfro is always about well, the arm's good, but he's a little erratic sometimes. Uh, he's got a good good power at the plate. He's probably got like 70-grade power. Um, but can you rely on him to hit above 240 or 230? Can you re- rely on him to, to not just hit home runs but to get base hits and doubles as well? Can you rely on him to be consistent at the plate? And can you rely on him to obviously get walks? I mean, he's, he's striking out a lot, and that's something going up to the minors, we always saw that. We always knew that was going to be an issue, and it was something to work on. And I think he has to, has to adjust at the big league level, and it's going to take some time. But if mm-hmm. anyone can do it, he's he's got a good head on his shoulders. I think he's more than capable of, of fulfilling that. It just might take more time than we expect. Yeah, no, I mean, people might hear this and think that we're really down on Hunter Renfro and that we, we don't we don't want him, we don't like him, we, we hate him as a player. But it, it it's not that at all. It's that he needs he needs to improve and and there's parts of his game that that obviously need improvement and and it's nice to see them him make the adjustments um at the plate uh defensively though it has to pick up he's a 25 year old uh what is he 25 26 yeah he you can't play the outfield like a 35 year old veteran outfielder you have to be aggressive you have to use your speed you have to use your judgment and at this point it, it, we're just not seeing it and and that's why we're a little harsh on him at this point and you know the game's about constructive criticism we're not trying to to 
demean Hunter Renfro at all. We're trying to help him uh, get better as a player, and and I think the Padres are taking that same route. They're trying to help him grow as a player and 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 live up to the expectations that he has for himself. I mean, the powers is legitimate. The the arm is legitimate. It's just the minor little factors here and there that need to be tweaked and, and adjusted. And he could be a very successful major league player, all star caliber major league player. In, in fact, if, if he just makes the right adjustments and. Again, he's so young, and his future is not set in stone. He he can make the adjustments, and it's it's basically it's it's in balls in his court at this point. Yeah, as as a fan, I really want to see him succeed. I've been watching him come up to the system for what four or yes. five years now, and he's yeah. he's one of the holdovers from the previous regime regimes. Um, he's not an AJ Preller guy, so so more than anything, I just want to see him succeed, and I want to see him do well. And yeah, this is all constructive criticism. It's never going to be anything like. Like with Matt Kemp, obviously my my contempt for Matt Kemp was, was always evident. But yeah, I, I have nothing but 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 love in my heart for Hunter Renfro. Yeah, no, we we, we love Hunter Renfro. Don't don't give us we, we don't want any hate hate comments about it. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's just about him getting better at this point, and you know we're excited for his future. And you said it yourself. Obviously, Margot's a quite is a more polished uh, player around well-rounded player. And you can't compare their apples and oranges at this point. And it's, it's just about him getting better and, and more selective at the plate. And, and, you know, it's, it's exciting to see. It's something for the Padre fans haven't had an opportunity to witness firsthand uh, as a player grow like that. And it, it's exciting because you don't know what his ability is. Yeah. He's already made such great strides in such a short amount of time. And yeah, as we saw with Austin hedges, I mean, it's a work in progress and there's going to be good. And there's going to be bad, but it's yep. always about moving yeah. in the right direction. Definitely. All right, Patrick, I think uh, it's time for a stacked segment, and uh, I think you need to educate uh, the public on uh, meltdowns and shutdowns, which is a uh, baseball analytical stat, which I myself wasn't uh, aware of. But uh, why don't you give us a little bit about meltdown and shutdowns, and then we're going to talk about Brandon Maurer, who's been a victim of uh, of both. Well, I guess of the meltdown aspect of it. Yeah, so you know me, I'm always really into all the new stats and new ways to look at the game. Um, but yeah, so meltdowns and shutdowns are kind of, I think, a better way to evaluate a, a reliever's performance. Um, not a big fan of saves. Saves are more about opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. As for as for shutdowns, uh, they're not necessarily pertaining to save situations. It could be a non-save situation, although pretty much every save you get is going to be a shut or going to be a shutdown. So. So just kind of a quick uh, run through of what they really mean. Um, so Fangraphs has a win probability added, which is a measure of how much uh, an individual player impacts the game, whether in a, in a positive way for the win or a negative way, maybe leading to a loss. So what meltdowns and shutdowns do is try to measure reliever performance and how much impact they have on a game. So shutdowns are if the reliever adds at least .06 win probability added, uh, meltdown is for a negative 0.06. So I know uh, that number doesn't seem like much, but in, in the grand scheme, that's a rather significant jump in, in the game. Um, so where that takes us is Brandon Maurer, who currently has five shutdowns and four meltdowns. Uh, he's had a rough week, to say the least. Uh, yeah. In, in the time that Hunter Renfro has, has kind of shown development and, and moved forward, uh, Brandon Maurer's taken a bit of a step back. Um, he's gotten some flack. I've seen a lot of flack on Twitter about Maurer. Um, he's actually had three meltdowns just this week. There was obviously the blown game in Texas where he gave up the walk-off home run. There mm-hmm. was a bad one in Chicago. Um, obviously, I think it was, was it last night? Uh, he gave up the game. Yeah. In a tie game, he came in, gave up two runs, and the Padres lost that one to Milwaukee. 
So he's had a, he's had a bit of a rough week. Um, I actually wrote a piece on Brandon Maurer that's going to be up on the site tomorrow, so I won't get too much into the details of what I'm writing about there. But mm-hmm. yeah, at the end of the day, he's he's been good. Five shutdowns. Um, he's also got five saves. Uh, but those four meltdowns have kind of been big, and I think that's kind of led to a bit of a negative perception about him, especially over the last week. And he's kind of honestly he's a little bit strange with his uh, stats. His ERA is up at six point seven five, which you look at mm-hmm. that and you think, wow, he's bad. But if you look at his FIP, which for those who don't know what FIP does, it's fielding independent pitching. Uh, it basically is trying to to evaluate runs with it strips out fielding, so it's only kind of counting on stuff the pitcher can control to an extent. So uh, strikeouts, walks hit batters, home runs. So anything that's not put in play, and I, I, yeah, home runs are, are in play, I guess you could say, but they're out of the park, mm-hmm. so they don't really count. So yeah, by that measure, he's at 2.54, which is over a four-run difference, which, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. is either the biggest difference or I think the second biggest difference in all of baseball. So he's wow. had some pretty uh, bad luck on balls in play, which is really what that's saying. I mean, he's got a, a near 400 BABIP. That's batting average on balls in play. Last mm-hmm. year for the year, he was at 296. The year before, he was at 243. So with some regression there, um, you could be seeing a lot better performance from Maurer. Um, on top of that, he's kind of obviously struggled in those big situations a little bit. So if he cuts down on those on those meltdowns, um, this is a guy who's going to be a, a top-notch closer on a rebuilding team, obviously. But that's still a, a good commodity to have. Yeah, no, it's it's. Really surprising to see him get rocked, if you will, on on certain occasions. But yeah, I don't know what it is. Seems that to me, certain certain teams, certain batters, certain times, he just seems that they're just jumping on him. Uh, I don't know if he's tipping his pitches to certain teams, or certain teams have have something on him as far as tipping his pitches. But I don't know what it is because he has lights out stuff. I mean, he throws high nineties and has excellent off speed stuff, which he hides very well. But it just seems like. Every once in a while, a, a hitter or a batter or a team is just on him and just constantly on his location, on, on his on his pitches. I mean, there's no way to obviously to to find out if a team's uh, stealing signs or anything like that. But you know, it, it's it's part of the game. You in the in at the end at the end of the day when the season's all done and over, you expect Brandon Maurer's numbers to be back down to normal, and hopefully these these meltdowns are just a thing of the past. Um, the one meltdown in particular yesterday, um, Eric Ayabar probably should have handled a line drive uh, that went off of his glove. And again, uh, miscue on defense, which was ruled a base hit, leads to a, a two-run inning and the Brewers win the game. It's it's a sad and, and common thing with this team as far as the bullpen and defense goes. And, um, you know, I, I have a lot of confidence in Brandon Maurer. Um We'll just have to see what, what, what the future holds for him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a situation to watch going forward. Um, that Ibar play just goes to show uh, why FIP sees him so much more highly than, than ERA because exactly. it's stripping out that, that was kind of bad luck on balls in play. I mean, you can really just call it bad luck because yeah. the, the numbers say he should be better than what he is and obviously he hasn't been. So going forward, I think it's going to regress a lot to the mean. I mean, his strikeout rate is higher than it was last year. He's striking out mm-hmm. almost 30% of batters. His walk rate's down to just 3%, which is excellent. So yeah. there's a lot to like here. And if he's a guy that's going to continue to pitch like this, he might be a trade chip himself for a team that's looking for a closer. 
I mean, maybe the Nationals can have both. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, it, it's sad but true is that he's he's throwing mid-90s. I mean, he's hitting 97, 98, 99, and, and you know, nothing's wrong with the arm. The velocity's there, and he should be effective, and it's just a matter of uh, making the right pitches in the, in the right uh, situations. Um, speaking of velocity, uh, someone who lacks that is uh, Jared Weaver, who's recently taken a little bit of um, – Scrutiny from uh, Padres owner Ron Fowler, who's at it again, um, appearing on local airwaves and basically not being shy about his feelings. Um, let's talk about Ron Fowler and uh, and his comments about Jared Weaver and um, basically how silly it is. Yeah, we, we haven't got a chance to talk about this since it happened, what was it, late last week? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we talked we talked to Eric on the podcast. Obviously, we weren't going to be bringing that up, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we haven't really got a chance to talk about this yet. Um, I think it's just really a joke. I mean, it makes the team look like a joke. The organization doesn't look good. Um, mm-hmm. Future free agents don't like this kind of thing. Why would you go play for a guy who's going to trash you, especially on local radio? Like it's like not even trying to hide it. It's just so blatant that all the fans yeah. are going to hear this. I just I don't see a point for it. You don't have to like Weaver. You don't have to think he's good, but you don't have to trash him in front of the media. I mean, we saw the same thing with James Shields last year. I guess that worked out because he got ran out of town, and and the White Sox somehow gave us a great prospect for James Shields. But yeah, I don't think the same thing's going to happen with Jared Weaver. So I don't I don't get it. It's just you don't go and you don't go and say your players suck. I mean, you don't see Andy Green going on a press conference saying. Yeah, Jared Weaver sucks. I mean, he says, yeah, he maybe had a bad night. He had an off night. He needs to work on some things. But it's not just blatant. Yeah, he's trash. He needs to, he needs to pick it up. He basically said he needs to pick it up, or I'm gonna ship him out of town. So yeah. that's not really a that's not really a vibe you want in the clubhouse. Um, especially no, not at all. I think Ron no. Fowler. Ron Fowler's a smart businessman. I think he needs to stick to the business side of things, and I think Peter Seidler needs to to run the baseball side. Um, we already saw Mike D head out of town, which I think most of us were happy about. Mm-hmm. But I think Ron Fowler, if he can't if he can't control himself, I don't think he needs to be here either. I think Peter Seidler is the guy to run this team, and, and that's obviously a whole separate conversation. But I think for now, yeah. Ron Fowler just needs to keep it low. And I, I don't know why he even needs to go on the radio at all, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Just just keep, stay in your lane. I mean, <laughs> don't yeah. worry about what the players are doing. I, you, you own the team, sure, but you don't need to go out here and kind of make an ass of yourself. No, there's, there's there's absolutely no positives that could come out of this. Um, if he's thinking he's going to motivate Jared Weaver, uh, a pitcher who's pitched in the major leagues for 10, 12 years, by degrading him and making these comments, he's, he's I mean, he's got another thing coming. There's that is not a way to motivate a major league player, and that is not a way to talk to a, to a veteran on your team when you're surrounded uh, surrounding him with young players. You, you made an excellent point. What kind of future could they have? Um, you know, Manny Machado is a free agent in two years. We, I mean, this is a pipe dream here. Obviously, Manny Machado is not going to sign with us. But you, you know, if he if he's going down the line and he's weighing his options and he's thinking, you know, going okay, well, the Padres owner likes to badmouth players if they're not performing well. You know, it's it's just silly. You know, it, it, it's silly. I, I'm. I, I don't have any other. I don't have any other comments. It, it, it drives me crazy to to see an owner come out and. I mean, I'm all about passion, and I love passionate owners, passionate people, passionate players. But 
that's the kind of thing where if you want to call out Jerry Weaver, you call him out to his face. You don't call him out in the press, and, and that, that's just it's it's asinine. Yeah, I think it's 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 weak, honestly. Um, with James Shields was one thing. I mean, James Shields, for all the reports you heard, was kind of a, a cancer in the clubhouse to an extent. He wasn't really mm-hmm. a, a guy that was fitting in. But I think for all for all I've heard, Jerry Weaver's a great guy. He's great in the clubhouse. I've never heard a bad thing said about him. So it's like this is really not the guy to be attacking in this way at this moment. So I, I yeah. that's really all I can say about it is that it's it's silly really. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's move on to the minor leagues aspect yeah. of the show and, and talk about the future and and positive things. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Hudson Potts are absolutely killing it in Fort Wayne right now. There's a there's an oppo- there's an opportunity to see these two young men in Lake Elsinore possibly towards the end of the year. I, I don't want to I wouldn't want to rush them, but it, it, I mean these are 18 year old kids that are absolutely. Just they they kind of figured it out in in at, at, in uh, in single A in in low A at Fort Wayne and you know it it's it's impressive. I mean, Tatis hit a home run today, 402 feet with an exit velocity of 109 miles per hour. I mean that, and that it's his fifth of the season right now. And, and the knock on him was that his power was lacking. <laughs> I I don't think his power is lacking anymore. Yeah, I think the strikeout rate is still going to be the big concern going forward. But at mm-hmm. this point, he's gotten that down under 30%, and he's a guy that can take a walk. He's walking over 10% of his at-bats. Um, mm-hmm. Over the last 10 days, he's hitting 429, getting on base over half the time, slugging 829. OPS, yeah. OPS is 1.341. So yeah, and he's 18. He's, yeah, 18. he's 18. <laughs> in, uh, a lot of guys that are 18 are still in college, still in high school. Yeah. I mean, Hunter Green's, Hunter Green's 18. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as for Hudson Potts, he's he's maybe not been as hot as Tatis, but he's he's turning it up himself. He was hitting about 200 earlier in the mm-hmm. season. He was struggling, striking a lot. He's up to 254. Um, he's also got his strikeout rate under 30. He's not walking as much as Tatis, but both guys are hot lately. I mean, it's definitely something worth worth watching, and they're putting on a show down at Fort Wayne. Um, yeah. I know Tatis left the game early tonight, got hit in the face by a ball on a throw. Hopefully he's all right. I know we saw Naylor go on the DL with a similar incident. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we're hoping he's okay and he can, he can keep hitting because he is just raking right now. A um, cu- couple yeah. other guys I want to talk about while, while we're here, talking about uh, mm-hmm. minor leaguers. So, Denilson Lamette, uh, I, you know my thoughts on him. He threw, yeah. he threw six innings tonight, gave up one earned, struck out nine, only walked two. That, that's important, the walks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still not ready to go in the major leagues. I'll just say that. Re- wait, wait, repeat that again? He's not he's... ready for the major leagues. Okay, just just wanted to make sure you yeah. <laughs> just wanted to we, make we, sure we're on the... <laughs> I don't care how bad Jared Weaver is. I'd rather him go yes. out there. Hell, exactly. we have Jared Cozart. He can go out there, too. They call up Zach Lee. Mm-hmm. Tyrell Jenkins has been pitching pretty well. I don't know. Yeah, um, those are those are those are older veteran. I mean, veteran compared to him type pitchers. Let them have the opportunity before Lamette at this point. It's yeah, it, you, you have to trust the process. Yeah, I know Lamette's twenty four, but he's only thrown forty three innings. Well, I guess now now it's like fifty innings mm-hmm. at the AAA level. So fifty innings at the AAA level that is, that isn't much. Um, there's no need to bring him up right now. There's no need to rush him. He's still no. walking batters at a at an elevated rate, even with a good start tonight. And mm-hmm. for every good start he's had, he's had a, he's had his struggles. So there's really no need yeah, to rush the guy. I mean, you don't immediately need him. You're not trying to win anything. You're not. Yeah, and to... uh, again, there's only only negative things can happen from having him up. He can damage his psyche. He can uh, throw out his arm trying to throw too hard. I mean, I, 
there's just no reason to bring him up at this point. I mean, I mean, I know Padre fans want to see the future and a glimpse of it, but at this point, you just have to be patient and and trust the process. He's he's a young pitcher. He needs time to develop. He needs time to figure it out. And when his time is 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 there, he will be here. And and there's nothing that we can do to to expedite that. Yeah, he'll definitely be up this year, but there's no need to make it right now. I mean, no, you got time. No. Um, Speaking of pitchers dealing, Eric Lauer's got a, a shutout going through six innings, struck out eight. Mm-hmm. His ERA's down to one point six. Just wow, nasty man. He's he's a guy that could be on the fast track between him and Lucchesi. Is it Lucchesi or Lucchesi? I never know. Lucchesi, <laughs> I believe. Lucchesi, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay, Lucchesi. All right, but yeah, between those two, <laughs> two, two lefties, uh, those guys are both looking great this year. I mean, Lucchesi's kind of slowed down a bit as as of late, but both mm-hmm. are looking good. And then you got Logan Allen down in Fort Wayne. I mean, he, there's really no reason for him to be in Fort Wayne anymore. But um, no, he's just, really he's kind of yeah. Really he's just there. Open, he's so. just there because there's no spot, like you say. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you have to figure uh, Quantrill, Lauer, Lucchesi, they are probably going to get a, a promotion uh, eventually. And, and once that happens, uh, the Fort Wayne guys are going to start to show up. And you know, I saw that the Padres. Uh, Today um, promoted um, one of the Cuban pitchers they had signed uh, in the international um, uh, market this past June. Uh, to um, he's he's moving up to Fort Wayne, so there's they're starting to be see the, some progression in uh, within the system. Um, it, it's just it's going to happen, and it's exciting to see you know little by little players kind of trickle up uh, up the system. Um, Ronald uh, Bolanos uh, was the Cuban pitcher, 19 year old. Uh, who they signed for 2.25 million, uh, who was in Arizona in extended spring training, and he's now going to be in Fort Wayne. So that's another young arm to be excited about and to witness uh, the growth of. And it, you know, it's it's a great thing to be a Padre fan right now. Yeah, the missions, uh, their their rotation's kind of kind of sucky. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> any good yeah. arms they can get up there. Uh, there's no need to rush these guys because you're not trying to win minor league championships, but. Uh, I think it's a matter of time before at least one or two of those guys uh, finds their way up to San Antonio. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, an- another shout-out is uh, Ty France was just promoted to San Antonio from Lake Elsinore after uh, having a successful year uh, to begin the season at Lake Elsinore. He's a uh, pretty good date, di- uh, plate discipline from a right-handed hitter, not, not a very good power, not a big power-hitting uh, type first baseman, but uh, San Diego State guy, Tony Gwynn, uh, taught him he's uh it's exciting to see players like that move uh within the system and we can say that we saw his last game at lake elsinore <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> funny how that worked out yep so you know the minor leagues are are progressing it's 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 a process i know a lot of people are, are impatient it's natural after being a padre fan and being victimized for so many years from this franchise but good things are happening within the minor league system in particular in the lower end, you know, next year at this time, it'll be so exciting to see most of these guys, uh, at the double a level and, and Lake Elsinore level. And, it, you know, 2019, 2020, it's, it's going to come and, and the Padres should have a, a, a successful team, uh, at least a chance to perform at a, at a respectable level. Yeah. You can't really project uh five year, four or five years out, three years. No. Out yeah. But, I mean, any, anything can happen obviously, but we have so much depth within the system. It's exciting to see that, you know, a couple of these guys got to pan out. They really have to. Yeah. That's what we're hoping for. All right. Yeah, so you want to yeah. wrap up with some uh, rapid fire questions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get, uh, let's get some rapid fire going. All right. You want to start? Yeah. Uh, first one is uh, Mr. Matt Caesar, who's been uh, kind of, 
filling in a little bit in left. He had a bit, a bit of an ankle injury. Um, who do you see in left field right now? Do you see a mix of Spangenberg, Cordoba, Matt Caesar? Um, what do you think about the Padres' future in left field? Um, I'd like to see Dickerson, but <laughs> yeah, okay. I didn't even mention Dickerson. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like I like Caesar. I like what he's doing. I, I I'd rather see Spangenberg play more often. I, I don't like seeing him sitting on the bench. I think he needs to get that playing time. Caesar's more of like a depth piece. He's kind of just there. Um, he, he could be good, but he's not really a guy you want to roll out every day. Um, as no. for Cordoba, I think he's a guy that should be playing more shortstop. I don't know what they have against him. They're kind of treating him like he's a utility sort of player, which I get because he hasn't played um, that much professionally, really. He d- didn't really pass A ball at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had a little rough day today, a couple interesting plays he made. Um, but, yeah, I like Spangenberg and Cordoba getting more playing time over Caesar just in terms of development. But uh, I think Caesar's playing well, and he's earned himself at least some playing time. So I think it's going to be a, a little bit of a revolving door there. And you got to look at Shimp. He's still not hitting very well. I mean, he got a single today. That was his first single in, I think, like a week or two. Oh, man. <laughs> he's hitting like 170, I think, or 180. So. Wow. I don't know, man. It's it's a weird revolving door the, there. Yeah, the Padres just ugh, they just have so many interesting characters on on the team offensively. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I want to talk about the Padres' bullpen struggles. I mean, we talked a little bit about Brandon Maurer. Um, Quackenbush struggled a bit today. Uh, mm-hmm. We've seen some bad performances from uh, Bookter, including today. Uh, Torres has been up and down. Um, so what do you think? Do you think the rotation is actually somehow performing better than the bullpen, even though before the year the, bull- uh, the bullpen was supposed to be our, our kind of ace in the hole? Yeah, in the beginning of the year, we wrote about how the bullpen was uh, undervalued and one of the best in the league, and how the bullpen, how the starting staff was going to be one of the worst. And they've kind of flip flopped in, in in recent weeks. Um, Luis Perdomo is just—he's getting very impressive out there on the mound. I mean, he's putting in quality starts, and he's beginning to figure it out. He's developing a strikeout pitch right now, which is even more impressive. He, Chucking was is, is pitching well. Uh, Cahill was pitching well before he went down. Um, you know, Richard has has moments of, of glory. It, you know, the starting staff is not an issue with this team. It's not the problem. I think. Well, maybe not. I think the only problem with the starting staff is that they're not able to go seven, eight innings consistently. But in this day of Major League Baseball, there's very few pitchers that can uh the Padres had one complete game last year from Luis Perdomo and, and at this point I don't see very many uh coming from the staff um and I think that in a, has directly affected the bullpen um but to answer your question I I do believe the bullpen is better than the, than the rotation I think that not they're presently not pitching that well but it should figure itself out eventually yeah I think they'll bounce back in time um Obviously, like you said, they're probably a little fatigued because the rotation isn't really throwing more than five or six innings most nights. So that's a that's a tough situation to be put in. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's it's a long season, and in in moments of of the season, there's going to be the bullpen pitching like crap, and there's going to be the rotation pitching like crap. And right now, we're in the middle of a span where the the, rota- the bullpen is just not performing well. I mean, it, it is what it is. So. Um, let, let's talk about uh, Luis Torrens right now. Um, what is the future of this guy? I know he's 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 on the the team right now. Uh, as Hector Sanchez is battling another injury, um, 
I wrote a piece about him a couple of weeks ago. I just question what his long-term value is for the Padres. I mean, obviously, Austin Hedges is the future of the team. He's not going to go anywhere for the next five years, hopefully. So what 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 is the expectation with, with Terenz? What, what, uh, what is the value? Um, if I had to put money on one of the three guys getting sent back to their team, I think Terenz would be the one I would put all my money down on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. That's nothing against him. It's just both both the other guys have been impressive and have seemingly more long term value. And Terence really hasn't shown anything yet. Uh, I mean, he had a start today and he made a couple bad plays behind the plate, not blocking balls he should be blocking, bad throw mm-hmm. to second base. I mean, those are just. I, I get he's young, but those are mistakes you can't be making when you're trying to prove yourself and you're you're really trying to 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 earn a roster spot and solidify a spot on this team long term. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's it's he's definitely got to show more if he wants to man, maintain himself on the roster all season long and not get sent back to the Yankees. So I think it's a matter of time before they make that decision one way or the other. Yeah, no, I hear you. So all right, in, oh, I was gonna go for it. We got a, we got a last uh, last rapid fire. We got to get in here before we get out of here, or what? Yeah, I got one more for you. All right, one more. What do we got? The Padres currently have the worst winning percentage in baseball at three point three four nine. Uh, are they the worst team in baseball to you? Wow. Um, at moments, they are the worst team in baseball. It, it's pretty obvious. The the lack of fundamentals, the mistakes on the base pass, the mistakes on defense, um, the 0 for 4 games with 4Ks. There's parts of this team that really look horrible but at the same same aspect there's still parts that are exciting uh, the development of Renfro the fact that the rotation is, is, is performing better than expected um, it's close I, I think that uh, they're p- pretty much a block for a top 5 pick next season um, if not a top 3 um, it, it really comes down to what AJ Preller is able to do once the trades start to come in, and what kind of feel the team has towards the end of the year as to what their final record's going to be. Um, but there's there's very likely a chance that this could be the worst team in baseball. It's uh, yes, it's it is true. I'm hoping for it. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I want to embrace the tank because I know it makes sense. There's no, I mean, what's the point of of finishing six from the bottom? You know, morale. You get a morale booster. You know, I, I understand the idea of getting a higher draft pick. It, it makes total sense. But at the same part, it's hard for me as a competitive, you know, former baseball player and just a competitive person to kind of just let let things happen. But all I can tell you is that the bullpen has, has done a great job of embracing the tank over the past week because we we have just given up games that we had no business losing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with one more loss last year, the team would have had the number two draft pick instead of the number three draft pick. So yeah, if you're going to yeah. get a high draft pick, you might as well just get the best one, right? No, it, I mean, I understand the principle of it, and it makes total sense, but at the same part, it's like it's so demoralizing seeing your team perform uh, the way they have been. But, you know, it, it is what it is, and it's not about now. It's about the future, and I keep trying to tell myself that, and – that's why I will embrace the tank slowly. I'm going to start counting how many times we use the word future in a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a common thing with the, with the Padres. It's, it's a new uh, buzzword. <laughs> yeah, yeah, serious. That should be their new their new hashtag, their new uh, their new uh, slogan, the new marketing uh, gimmick will be the future. Every time you hear the word future, drink. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. 
Okay, folks. Well, I think uh, I think we are about done with episode thirty-five of our podcast. Um, we should be back next week with a guest uh, and another solo show as well. Um, anything that we fail to cover, Patrick, uh, before we get out of here? I think we about covered this team as thoroughly as you can possibly cover a team that is the worst team in baseball. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I'm on Twitter at uh, Patrick Brewer ninety three. James is EVT underscore news. That's our East Village Times uh, Twitter. James is also on his own account at EVT underscore J Clark. Um, We're on Podbean. Yeah, it is the East Village Times podcast. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Podcast Republic, anywhere else you can possibly find podcasts. Um, give us a rating and a review on iTunes. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, that's about it. Thank you so much for the listen, folks. Uh, have a great one, and uh, East Village Times podcast is signing out. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.